welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Protzman. On this podcast, Chris and I offer a spontaneous, ongoing conversation about how music is intertwined with healing and consciousness. Our first season helped lay the foundation and build some of the superstructure for what we want to do here in Season 2, where we'll be welcoming some intriguing guests, going deeper into ancient mysteries and wisdom, and cultivating your background knowledge and curiosity. We hope these discussions will inspire your own study and practice of the musical and healing arts, and that your contribution to advancing world consciousness will be satisfying for you and transformative to those around you. Let's get started. This is an exciting episode. First of all, thank you to anyone who sat through our 90-minute interview with, with uh, Garrett Daly. That was phenomenal, man. Um, really fun. He is so deep. So we're going to go light today. And if you haven't heard the interview yet, please do. Go back, listen to that. Listen to our interview with Maury Zelkovich, too. Uh, these guys are brilliant in their field. And to be able to talk with them about consciousness and stuff. But anyway, so it's uh, for us, it's now the 9th of January when we're recording this. and twenty-four. Uh, 2024, and uh, Chris has some holiday stuff to share, and, and this is really powerful, people. I mean, this is going to be more about practical music, about how to use music without having to be like a musician, right? To just find ways to bring it into your scene a little bit more and affect those around you, because music is a relationship tool. So, um, hey, bro, it's great to see you, and I, I want to pick up the recording right in the middle of the conversation we were having right before I hit record. 100%. 100%. Well, it's so good so to powerful. see you, Bill. You know, Happy New Year and Happy New Year to everybody, uh, you know, watching this and, and listening to this because it is a really special year. I was just sharing with Bill before we started to record that this is also the year of abundance when it comes to numerology, if anyone follows that. And if you don't, let's just, just take it as a nice omen that this year is the number eight. So 2024, two plus zero plus two plus four equals eight. And that number is the number of abundance. I mean, look at the number eight and just like flip it. Yeah. And flip it and you've infinity. got infinity. It's infinity. So we literally have infinite abundance coming into us. Everybody listening and watching to us is a reason you're here. And uh, part of that is to share the message that this is a really exciting year and an exciting time. And it might be obviously masked with a lot of external chaos and stuff happening, but I really, oh, yeah. really, really maintain that we're, 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 we're going into a really beautiful place right now and it's going to come with growing pains, but it's also really exciting. And you're probably going to hear it in the voice of myself and Bill today in our podcast that we're pretty stoked for this new year and we're excited yeah. for, for life and I think one of the big things is that we've we've both had some you know tweaks in our business and, and epiphanies that have come through the break uh, to be able to serve people more and to serve you know you the listener and viewer if you are interested in in really pursuing and deepening your connection to the creative process creative flow and using a modality like music to really deepen your expression and also your connection to even yourself or what we could yeah, call to the authentic to, to the organic us or and and to god the, to god, the universe, universe. The, yes everything because music and art is the ineffable it's trying to put something into the ineffable and that's what you're connecting to through okay. you know music as an example or it could be dance could be anything really artistically um done so what were we kind of getting into, Bill? Maybe I needed a quick like reminder as to where we had left off in our conversation before we started to record, but we were getting into a good little um, rabbit hole there. We... Yeah. It's, it's about, you know, when people these days, in the West anyway, think of music, it's something that's out there. 
like you listen to Spotify, you put on the music and you listen to it. Uh, what we want to do today is to sort of get you more uh, into an embodied place so that the music becomes like from within you instead of external in, you're, it's from you out. And that could mean playing an instrument, playing a drum. It could be playing at a virtuoso level. It could be playing at a beginner level. It doesn't matter. The act of doing the music that way, whether you're listening or making it, is so incredibly powerful. And uh, I know over the holiday, Chris, you got to see this firsthand with your family and with friends. And, and I have like infinite stories about the same kind of thing, too. So if we start there and just share with people some innovative ways, you know, like take music lessons, right? Uh, that's, that doesn't fly very far in the West. But when you explain what making music is all about, that's totally different than trying to become technically proficient on the cello or something, right? And I think there's a new, there's like a new wave right now because of technology, especially where people are like, yeah, why, why not just create some music? You know, software is so inexpensive, if not completely free yeah. to be able to use, you know, GarageBand is a first example. You know, that's been around a long time. Excuse me. Still free. Very accessible. You can easily put professional quality stuff out there with with oh, GarageBand. Totally. Their and drummer that, is over the moon. It's just it's really good. Like I know they really good. You know, I'll give Apple total uh, kudos on that one. They've done a great job with uh, with that program and that software. And of course, you want to upgrade that and to get to more professional, then you just move up to Logic, which is which, which yeah. is what I use. And but not to get too into the technical, what I what I really wanted to say there is that there's this movement happening for lots of people of all ages getting into the idea of like, I'm just, I just really want to record a song. You know, I just want to really create and record and put together a song, a piece of music, yeah. you know, just to express myself, just to, just for fun, just for fun. And a lot of it is done for fun, but there's so much, there's so much that comes with that. And as an example, you know, I had a friend that just started to, yeah, want to put together some uh, really basic song, like um, some lyrics that they were working on and just wanted to put it down into a song. And, you know, I helped them work out really simple ways that they could do that on something like a garage band. And after the process was done, it doesn't matter about the quality of it, really, at what you get at the end. It's the fact that you went through it and then you have this tangible piece at the end of it in the yeah. form of a song. And you get to then play it for your, your, your friends and your family and... Just that process in of itself, and I'm sure I'd love to hear your thoughts, Bill. Like when you see that ripple effect that it has, and this is just on a hobby for fun kind of level, it's life changing. And I, I can yeah. honestly say it is the joy and the happiness it brings into people's lives and the connection because then it brings everyone together to listen to that song and maybe even perform that song together as a family or as a friend group. Like that's powerful, is it not? Oh, totally. I mean, it. It can get as complex as like just, or as simple maybe. It can get as simple as maybe you're a poet and you and you write poetry. Put on a beat in GarageBand, hit record on your mic, and pretend that you're a beat poet or you're doing a spoken word presentation, and just see what it feels like to do that. Right? And if you get something good, share that. Uh, if you if you can sing, you're one of the fortunate ones. If you can sing well, all of us can sing. It's just a matter of like practicing a little bit. You know, then then take it to the next level and sing your words, or even better, just tone. Yeah, it's so easy to grab a track that you love, maybe an instrumental track from something, and just tone over that, just like oh, or whatever it is, and just tone over that and record what you get, and just see how that works. And then, of course, um, this is the big one, you guys. Get over your bad self and share that thing, right? Mm -hmm it's it's easy to share stuff that's been recorded and after you do it a little while 
you'll get over the self-judgment that goes with it because you yep. know that's that's me too <laughs> it me took too. me 12 years to release my first album mm. at, between recording and release right yeah and, and, and just see the effect um i think we started chris ages ago we we challenged each other to sing a love song to our singers. oh yeah right remember that <laughs> but you know i'm thinking of something that's even more basic here um Singing is great. We all can do that. But have you ever taken the words to like Christmas tunes and then rearranged them to make them into something uh, irreverent or funny? That's hilarious. I love that. No, I've never done that. That's a great. It's so idea. much fun. And then you have a sing along with your friends. So you can do this with any song, right? Pick an old, pick an oldie like "Country Roads" or something, you know, by John Denver, yeah. and and make your own words, and then invite some friends over and give them a lead sheet like they can see, without giving them any notice. And just sing the crazy words, right? It's even better if you make it about your friends. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love that. That's so funny. You know, that gives me a quick uh, memory of my uncle. One of the great things that he he always did was he would write parody songs, um, you know, and they were so funny. And he actually, this is really funny. So, and this is something that audience, you guys can, you can take with you as well as another thing you can do with friends or family, which is my uncle, um, many years back was like, Hey, Chris, I would love to record some of my parody songs. You know, could we, could we, could I come to your studio and we could yeah. just lay down some, some tracks and we'll do it. I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And, you know, we, we made it like a little off and off off and on project. He lived in another city too. So it was like a really beautiful excuse to see each other. And we did like, during those moments, I saw my uncle more than and more frequently than I have at most points of my life. So there's the juice right there, right? Right. So you might think that, oh, I'm just, you know, creating like a song and that's still a pretty big deal, but you know, okay, I'm just going to create a song. That's, that's fine. Then it's done. No, you're also creating connection with the people that you're doing it with. And, and if you're not doing it with anyone, it's the people that you show it to afterwards that you're creating that connection with. And really the part about it that feels the best and what's so lovely about it all is the love and the connection that you get through the process of creating music. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what it's all about. Like collaborating. Even if you're just, I don't want to say that, that's the wrong word. Even if you're the engineer in the booth, you're part of the creative process because that that engineer is the audience for the talent that's making it happen. And that, that relationship is, is, it is a creative partnership. You know, it's a creative collaboration. It's not just two of you digging ditches together, which is also amazing because if you ever dug ditches with somebody for more than a day, like I did back in college, uh, you build a camaraderie out of that. Well, it's the same thing with music, although it opens up other ways, you know, with music because it opens up mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, the whole thing, you know, that I talk about here all the time. And, uh, and those those connections last like those musical connections they just they just last yeah and then the piece of music that you may have created also lasts you know for for the most part if you've uh even yeah. if you've taken it to that next level and you even put it on something like spotify which we can all do now you know it's not it costs barely anything just to put your music on a yeah. professional platform like that which is really fun i mean it's it's really fun for me even as as an artist to be able to talk to Siri and tell her to play my music on Spotify. I mean, it's just, and I was waiting for her to turn on my phone when I said that, but she didn't this time. Um, but yeah, like it's been really fun to, you know, challenge yourself to put something on the actual web. It doesn't have to be Spotify. It doesn't be as official. You can use other platforms. Or SoundCloud or um, SoundCloud's great out there. Yeah. Yeah, there's Band lots of Bandcamp is still there. <laughs> Bandcamp is still there, and 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 I've actually been sent to a couple of people's Bandcamps recently. So try that stuff if you don't resonate with the big platforms. But 
when you get your stuff, even you can go old school and record this on, you know, uh, a vinyl or CD or tape yeah, if yeah. you want. A CD A-track. baby will make vinyl, dude. And then CD baby is a great company to look into. I I've, I have literally used them to print my CDs and to do my online dig- digital distrib- distribution. And they're one of you know many. There's DistroKid. There's um, yeah, other ones that I'm completely blanking on. Right, those are the two that I've used: is DistroKid and CD Baby. But there's other ones too. You know, do your own research, have fun with it. But the whole point I was getting at was that when you've put it out there, then you have something tangible to play years down the road. So those those parody songs my uncle did, well, two, three, four years ago, uh, later, excuse me, I'm at his house, you know, uh, and we're I think it was Christmas or I don't know some 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 holiday. And he, and he just he has this fun funny look on his face. He comes to me. He's like, "Hey, Chris, I'm gonna play something for you." I'm like, "Oh, okay." You know, he puts it on. And of course, it's the the songs that we had done, and we, we listened through them again like years later, and yeah. had a huge laugh and just a great experience around that. And again, that was around more family, and everyone else got to hear it and have a big laugh with us. And it was just a beautiful shared experience again, right? And that's what this music does: is it brings people together in the best way. We, the other day, we were, um, as we like to do, my wife and I were sitting around looking at social media, you know, independent social media. She's on Instagram, and I'm looking at something in LinkedIn or whatever, and she says, you got to see this. So she had found uh, a reel on Instagram, and we'll share this in the notes, but she'd found a reel of a group of people, I guess, somewhere in Manhattan, and they get like 200 people together and sing in six-part harmony arrangements of all kinds of music but vocal arrangements and they do it in a gymnasium and the videos are so cool because the person who's taking the video is walking around amongst all the singers and all the singers are always in constant motion walking around together and so you're not like standing with a group of basses and singing the bass part right you're you're in motion there's no auditions just they give you the music you show up you sing and chris it is magical i'm getting chills right now it is magical just to watch the video. Like, cause you know, it, you're walking around, you're hearing the middle parts and then they, they walk out and like stand in the bleachers and you hear the whole thing. 200 voices singing in six part harmony. It is beautiful. That's transcendental, you know, like that. It's an incredible. Can you imagine doing that? I, I almost can't, I almost went to something like that and I, I regret not going. I, I definitely got to do something like that in the future. But there's a thing um, when I lived in Toronto called choir, choir, choir. Yeah, and like they're that. pretty big. Yeah, like they've. I think they've gone international now, and they did a lot of them uh, in Toronto when I was when I was living there. And it was this exact same idea. I mean, you'd have like a hundred or more people in a club or in a, wherever they would host it. Sometimes they would get celebrity musicians to actually come in and, and guest conduct and like lead. Oh, nice was like you know i think rufus wainwright was at one and they sang like hallelujah you know it's like i'm just like oh my gosh like how cool would that sound i know, you know? so we, we can do this at home i, I want to hear about your your holiday uh work with friends and family doing musical stuff yeah and it's funny it's like it sometimes just comes in the most basic forms but the again it's the impact is what leaves me having like goosebumps and just feeling so amazing and you know i just as uh, one of the many examples that it was like my dad um i had these lovely conversations with my dad over the holidays about his bass guitar and you know he's he's got new a new group of friends he's been retired now almost 10 years actually um just under 10 years and he has had to you know since a lot of people have gone from working full-time, full-time, full-time to complete retirement. It's a, it's an adjustment. 
and he's got new social circles now and things like that. And he has these, a couple of new guys that he's, it's really cute actually seeing my dad, you know, making new friends and you're almost like a role reversal parent, you know, child. Yeah. It's really, it's really lovely. And so I'm trying to help him, you know, become closer friends with these, these new guys in his life. And um, one of the things that they're doing is they're, they're playing music together. So he was invited over to, jam with a friend of his and another friend on uh, a Beatles song. So he was, uh, he was just struggling with the complexity of one of Paul McCartney's, you know, many complex bass runs. Oh yeah. And right. And so he was like, how can I just simplify this? So I got on the phone with him and we just, uh, we just worked out a simplified way that he could play the bass run. Um, for so did one you go the- like audio phone only or did you go zoom? Just it. Yep. I just phone talked only. to him. Yeah, so it was kind of cool to see, like, I didn't even have to go on Zoom, didn't have to get visual, which sometimes you do, Um, but with this purpose, I was able to just talk, because he knows enough about intervals, and, like, what's a a third versus a a fifth, like a perfect fifth, and basic stuff like that, which was easy enough to then give him some more like a one five, like a, you know, one to, to your perfect fifth kind of bum, 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 like those really basic kind of walks that I could, I just gave him that to simplify and he took that and then was able to go to the jam afterwards and have a really fun time uh, with his friends. But he felt like less nervous, you know, and less yeah. like concerned about nailing the, the bass part because he had it. And just that interaction of getting him to feel more comfortable with his instrument so that he could go into a fun just a social music situation and and really be able to sink into it and just have a great time. And it was just so nice to see him with his friends playing music. So I just felt really compelled to try to give him the best, you know, head start he could have to just have fun. That's oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> just having fun. Do you know if um, he plays along with the tracks? Like if he puts on McCartney and the Beatles? Yeah. So, and then one of the great ways that he likes to do it, I think it's very common for a lot of people, like is to, you know, you might have an initial lesson, but then after the lesson, like you go on YouTube and you can find those awesome play along videos, especially yeah. if it's a, you know, if anything from the Beatles will be on there. And yeah, you just watch the guy with the camera. It's right on the, the fret, like the, the neck of the bass, And you just see the hands doing what they're doing. It's literally, that's it. There's not even instruction. It's just follow along and play. And they just, they just mimic the riff and you just watch them do it and you can mimic it and just yeah. copy it. Pick it up. Make it up, you know? And so that's a great way to practice. Uh, for those of you listening and watching, YouTube is definitely one of your best friends. And uh, you can find so many tutorials. And this is when sometimes it's also helpful to, to talk to someone you know in your life who is musical, who might be able to help you find the right video, maybe, because sometimes there's a lot, also a lot out there. Or contact someone like Bill or myself, and we can help you out, too. So, oh, yeah. I mean, one of the things know? that musicians have always done, I was going to say it's a brotherhood, but it's better than that. It's a family. And yeah. within the family, the pros are always willing to help anyone who wants help. Um, I think I talked about this before, but I had resistance. I want, you know, I've been wanting to perform again, but I had resistance. And the opportunity that came my way was to join a praise band that's made up of studio musicians. So these cats are like the top of the game, right? That's what they do. And um, I was hesitant because they're so good. (laughs) But when I finally made the plunge, I found that I was part of a family right away. That's beautiful. Right? And everybody in there was, first of all, they, I have never been in a situation other than in music, other than in music, where the first thing that happens in the family, if you're new, is that they praise you for something. 
And it's like, well, Bill, you're doing this so well. You're doing that so well. I really love how you do X, Y, Z, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, what a relief. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have something to give here. Yeah. Right. And you know, it's still intimidating when they look my way and I got a solo. But I love the fact that in music, the family's first, you know, and it it doesn't, and I've played with, just so privileged to play with some of the most amazing people out there have come my way, you know? And then there are other places where they look at me and I'm the one who's got to give it, right? Because I'm the expert in some area where they're not. Like I'm a piano player and I'm working with vocalists. And oftentimes the vocalists will say, Bill, I need more of this. I need more of that. So looking to me to do something for them to support what they're singing. So it goes both ways. But the family thing about it is so important. Uh, because it's, you don't just walk in and you know the boss is all over your case. Like, how come you're not doing it faster? How come you can't do X, Y, Z in an hour? How come blah, 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 blah? And you feel intimidated and, and you know that's no place for a creative. <laughs> right? No. no. Right? You've got to be in a family to make it work. And, the, and music creates that environment right away. It does. And, and, and then you're, you're making me think too, like another thing I'm, I'm really excited to be, and, I, and it's something, again, that I've, I've been helping people with without even thinking about it. Because like you said, like, uh, you, I think musicians especially, and I'm sure lots of artists feel this way, you really love to encourage people to get into that same art form because of how much yeah. beauty and joy and healing it's brought to your own life, right? And you know it's going to bring the same to them in, in their own unique way. And for me, you know, I remember the whole process of, of, of starting and creating a band and then having a band is it's like starting and creating a family, you know, right? yeah. in that way. And it, and it, it creates this, such a beautiful dynamic. I remember for years in like starting in middle school and then into high school, I was just, I was obsessed with starting a band and I was just anybody I could find. It didn't matter if they didn't play an instrument. I didn't care. I was like, do you want to be in a band? Do you want to be in a band? And it took some time to find, the friends that I could finally like just literally coerce into uh, getting into a band. Cause they're all a bit more timid, uh, musically understandable. Oh, sure. And uh, right. But I just was like pretty relentless. And I think the enthusiasm won them over or it was that I just, you know, exhausted them and they gave in either <laughs> they way. Gave in. <laughs> well, you make a good point, you know, because even seasoned professionals like you and like me, we're still intimidated, but, I've recognized recently that where my resistance is, is where I should go. And I'm saying should on purpose because I can should on myself, right? I can't should on you, but I can should on myself. So when I see resistance, it's like, oh, especially if that's related to creativity. You can't push the bounds of creativity unless you're willing to walk toward your resistance with purpose. And uh, so I welcome that stuff. But just so y'all know, if you're starting to play the guitar for the first time, and you're feeling intimidated because other people in the room are better than you. I'm, I'm this way with dance. Rebecca, my wife, is a professional dancer, right? So when we dance together, I'm always like, oh, geez, am I doing this right? <laughs> you know, I feel that. So, um, but that's the point of growth, right? That's the place where the, the door is open for you to walk through it. If you take the opportunity, and you might wind up in a band with Chris. <laughs> exactly right you know and and you're right because like the growth it growth just does not happen in comfort you know yeah. uh, and and comfort's beautiful at, at times we need that too our, ner- our nervous system needs it obviously oh and and we need falling to back into music you know I, when you when you know how to play the, the tune and it comes up and you're like oh i could kill this one right <laughs> <laughs> it feels so good to just sort of relax into the groove on those songs 
It is. It is really fun. And that's right. where the practice, that's why half the time it motivates me to practice just so I can get to that place where I can fall into it and not have to think about it and just really enjoy the process, right? So how does somebody who, you know, has, and this happens all the time, well, I'm not musical, Bill. How do we get a person in that place over the hump? Hand them a drum or sing four-part harmony with them if we can find three other people, two other people? Yeah. How, how do you, what's the magic for you? That's such a good question. Such a good question. And it's definitely going to be individual for, uh, for everyone going down that path. What I have found personally is uh, the first thing I'll do is ask where, what kind of music really lights you up. And I think oh, yeah, that's something sure. similar. I know that's one of your uh, wheelhouses, Bill, is just really fun. <laughs> has everybody, has anyone ever said modern classical piano music? <laughs> Uh, this guy, <laughs> me, <laughs> I love that. It's like one of my, I know, right? Yeah. Uh, neoclassical, you know, they yeah, call yeah. it. <laughs> Stravinsky. Yeah. I want to play 12 tone. No, no, it's for regular people. Okay. So regular yeah, for, people. For normal, not weird normal musical people. nerds. <laughs> I mean, these days, like old school is stuff like Coldplay from, you know, early I guess that is now 90s, right? Yeah. Wow. There's still That's some boomers cool. like me who remember the Beatles and Cat Stevens, but, um, it, it yeah. a lot of great music. So whatever the music is that you love, right? That's the thing. So, so you find, so I asked them like, what do you like? And then I get more into it. What do you like about that music um, on a musical level? Like, it, is it the drums? Maybe is it the, is it the piano? Is it the voice? And then what have you always kind of thought? What was that instrument in your mind throughout your childhood or growing up that you're like, Oh, that would have, I would love to play guitar. I'd love to play drums or, you know, whatever yeah. that answer is like what was that dream and instrument thing that you wanted to do okay let's because you want to try to find the thing that lights you up the most because that's what's going to motivate you to get through the learning curve of the instrument and then once you find that you know favorite instrument that you're like yeah really want to do this then i i highly recommend starting with learning your favorite songs in the most simplistic way you can and try to pick obviously you know easy songs to start but start with your favorite with like music that really gets you excited so that no matter what you're practicing you're applying it to something that's fun and that's playful and you're still playing music you're not working the music so yeah. you want to have that like what kills a lot of people in in music lessons is when it's just theory 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 Technical, 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 and then you got to learn like the the assigned pieces of and songs. Where I'm just like, I have no emotional attachment to Bach. I mean, there's some Bach, there's certain Bach that even as a kid I actually got really into, but that's just because I really do love classical music. Most people not their jam. So you got to find what is. And when you do, that's where I would just focus. And what you practice is your favorite music, is your favorite songs. And then that can lead to wherever. You can start to jam. And that's another thing, too. Depending on the instrument, um, you could really start to jam like right off the bat. Piano is a great example. You know, just play the white keys. and But play them with intention and feeling and see how each individual note, and then when they harmonize together... How that? How does that sound? How does that make you feel? And then where do you want to move that? How do you want to move that idea continuously as you play different notes? And then you start to, when I was like, you know, five, six, seven years old, I'd come back from school and I had no uh, lessons yet for piano, but I was just intuitively hitting notes and I'd be like, oh, that A minor thing sounds really cool. I didn't know it was A minor at the time, um, but like the difference between different chord voicings and how you start to really feel this by doing it and just by experimenting and improvising. And I, I found that more fun. So just try to focus yeah. on the fun more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And 
don't be discouraged by the technical stuff. Yeah. Because the technical stuff, we all have to do, we all have to do that. You know, take you're playing the kazoo or, you know, classical piano, whatever the most complicated thing is you can think of. Uh, don't be discouraged because it's all in there. And with keyboards these days, you don't have to worry about what key stuff is in. Because you can transpose oh, okay. on the keyboard. Like if you master chords in the key of C, you can do four chords in the key of C. You can transpose your keyboard so that you can play along with anything that's out there recorded. It's true. Just using what you know about the key of C. You can be a key of A, F sharp, doesn't matter. Keyboard handles the transposition. You get the satisfaction of being in the music. You know? That's so true. Without having to yeah. learn to redo your chords in F sharp, which is what I'm doing right now. So thank you very much, everybody that loves sharps. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun <laughs> yeah and, and lucky for you know if you want to be a percussionist there's a little bit of a different track there uh, but what chris is saying is the same thing right you you need to have some proficiency and the technical stuff you have to do to get there to feel satisfied it's going to happen to all of us but you know even if it's a hand drum follow the youtube videos and, and learn how to make that djembe sing in six different ways and you know, whatever it is and then uh, and then get on board um i love playing the cajon yeah you have a bunch of cone players up there and then there's other things that are totally simple like the melodica is that back to stay there's so many major acts who use a melodica now yeah me too i'm right? one of them <laughs> right and yeah. uh that is totally easy and you get the breath side of music too for so those that don't know, a melodica is basically like a tiny little piano keyboard that you blow into, basically. Um, and uh, it's it sounds like a harmonica had a baby with an accordion. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And they're cheap. You know, they're ch technically a kid's instrument, really. And that's usually where I find them at my local music store. And uh, you can find them for $30, $40, maybe at most on the higher end, a couple hundred, but they're very affordable. Great place to start, like Bill said. Also kind of cool to start using wind, like your air, but with playing a piano type of keyboard. It's a, it's a really cool experience to start to almost get into the wind instrument category without having to learn you know, a wind instrument. I like that. And it's a lead line instrument too. Very much. I mean, I haven't heard of... Well, I haven't been really listening. Normally, if there's going to be like an accompaniment, like setting down chords and stuff like that, they'll use an accordion maybe. I've heard that in some like indie alternative metal bands use an accordion. Uh, but the melodica is... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the melodica is a, a lot simpler than, say, a trumpet or a saxophone uh, to be able to play lead lines. If you've got those melodies in your head and you want to get them out and improvise and stuff like that, that's a great way to go. And, it's also a great uh, uh, campfire instrument, too. Oh, totally great. Yeah, the, the campfire thing. Have you been listening to any Jose Gonzalez? Not recently, but we're he's amazing. a trail here. But people who are doing guitar stuff these days are doing it at a virtuosic level. But it still feels like you're around the campfire. Mm. And uh, it's banded particularly uh, their Tiny Desk concert is in my head right now. The guitar is virtuosic. The vocal stuff, the close harmonies are incredible. You know, and I would love to be around their campfire. But hey, if it's kumbaya, <laughs> you can get there with what, three chords? I think so. <laughs> but, you know, kumbaya is a pretty easy melody. You can play that on the melodica without too much work. You know, very simple. 
And I'm trying to think of um, like uh, there's other instruments too that are even more like open tuning, you know. So as an example, oh, yeah. harmonicas are all harmonica. different keys. So you have a physical harmonica, you're going to have a different harmonica for every different key because that harmonica is fully tuned to just be open tuning, which means you don't have to. You can't hit a wrong note. Really, is what that means. Notes. Yeah, and that's awesome for beginners because you're. It's it's so nice to start an instrument where there really aren't any bum notes any any quote-unquote wrong notes um and, and so it's always going to sound really good and then it just gets to sound better and better as you progress with that instrument other examples and 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 let me know bill what you what comes to your mind but i, I think a lot about um i love the hang drum also known as yep uh hand pan it's hand the same pan. kind of name and there's obviously different models for these and we've seen like they're like that tortoise shell ufo shaped uh device yep. they sound so beautiful very very popular in the yoga meditation world and they're all open tuning and uh they're really fun because they're so rhythmic and they're very percussive but also very melodic and that's another phenomenal instrument for non for non-musicians who are just starting to sound fantastic right right off the bat and that's i really recommend those instruments even if you want to learn guitar or piano or something a bit more complex have one of those going on the side almost as that antidote for the frustrations that will absolutely come up when you're learning a new instrument because and those are those are just growing pains i mean that, that they're you know they're complex for yeah, that it's reason. Part of how it works, you know. Exactly. And the so, learning curve is very satisfying if you don't hit if you don't set a target that's too far. Yes. Like set near-term targets that let you feel like you've accomplished something, you know, without having to play like Jose Gonzalez. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe you get brave enough to where you can lay down your own accompaniment, drum, you know, get a cajon or whatever, hand pan to give yourself some sort of harmonic. Uh, foundation and then sing over the top you know even if it's just yeah. on an awe or something but sing along to yourself and see how satisfying it can be to make those tracks or bring in your and friends you exactly know? and 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 if they're like oh well bill i don't know how am how do i get different instruments and stuff if i don't have them I'm like well, this is why garage band as i'll just use that as the example of the free software it's got all these software instruments so all you need is a midi controller m-i-d-i midi controller and look this up guys this they're very cheap very affordable and all that is is exactly it's the piano and you plug it into your computer and it just sends to your computer information basically and you can play any instrument you could possibly want on that keyboard through your computer so if you want drums you can play the drums on that keyboard if you want trumpet etc strings all of that even voice other things whatever it is you can play that and then now you can create anything you want and that's why it's so accessible now to create music and then why not like just the amount of fun that, you know, even for me as a kid, just messing around in GarageBand was just one of my all-time favorite things to do getting home from school. I mean, it's just such a fun, it's a fun thing to do at so the end of the day. Do, what do we say to people who, like, I can't create anything. This isn't for me. They're, they're more in the, they want to consume more profoundly. They want to listen more profoundly. What do you do? And I'm asking this question because that amazing commercial that came out, it's not actually even a commercial, it's five minutes long. Chevrolet, which... Okay, go Chevrolet. They haven't done much good in the few years, but this one. So there's this commercial out there. If you haven't seen it, I'll link it in. Grandma is has a memory issue, right? And the family gathers at Grandma's house for Christmas, and she's having a bad day, and nobody knows what to do. Well, one of the daughters decides to take Grandma for a ride in the old Chevy Suburban, right? <laughs> so they leave the farmhouse, they go out to the barn, and they get in this car, and they put in John Denver, which is why John Denver's on my mind. Country roads. There you go. 
Great song. And grandma changes. Of course, they drive around, they see all the places. And as, as they're taking this drive, grandma is coming alive, right? And we know the science on music is that music and memory are so closely related. It's way below the cerebellum. It's brainstem stuff, right? So by the time they get back, grandma's happy. So you watch this commercial. But um, the point is here, they're doing this through listening. And the skillful connection of you know, resistance, grandma with her memory issues, with opportunity, John Denver's music and being in the places, right? And, and results in grandma uh, coming alive and being able to enjoy the family celebration. Uh, marvelous stuff. So if you're in that place of like, oh man, it's too late for me to learn to play the kazoo. <laughs> right, for whatever the resistance is. If, that, if the resistance is that big, how can we get people to engage more deeply with their music? What's the magic there? Such a good question, Bill. Um, you know, there's going to be some suggestions we'll definitely throw at you guys, but I'd ultimately say too, like this is sometimes if it's really important for you audience too, you know, this is where you can um, spend a little energy and potentially some of your financial energy on talking to it doesn't have to be Bill or myself, but you can definitely reach out to either of us to talk about this, find other musicians, maybe in your life, in your network, who you can have these conversations with, because that's ultimately going to really, really help to have a person in your life to kind of be a soundboard to be like, I really want to do this. Here are my resistances coming up yeah. and like, how can I get through that? Right. So really having an actual person, it, it, it doesn't matter really who, but just finding that person that you, you probably can think of in your life that might be a, a, someone you can talk to about this would be a great place to start. The second thing I'll say before even getting into the pragmatic steps you can take is to find a collaborator, perhaps you don't have to, but when you have one other person or more that are, now kind of a, you're both accountable to each other to be perhaps learning this instrument so that maybe you can play together, right? Maybe that's the end goal so that one's learning bass and others learning guitar. Maybe you're both learning guitar. doesn't matter. And so then you can eventually play some songs together. That's kind of the purpose of learning. That way you now have an end goal. You have somebody else who's going to be holding you accountable because they're learning and then you can grow together. So it's fun. Feedback, feedback, feedback. You're kind of on the same page. It's like when we we're in music school, Bill, or, you know, you're probably around your peers of similar skill roughly mm -hmm. and so it just feels like you're progressing together with one or more people that is very motivating and i find it can make it a lot easier than just going about it on your own so my first suggestion is immediately just to surround yourself with some people that can get you to start thinking more and to get you into those depths um there's pragmatic stuff but what do you think about that bill oh yeah i'm, I'm down with that as you were talking i was thinking you know if you don't know anybody uh, get on the internet and find your local music therapy uh, organization. Sometimes they're for-profit, sometimes they're not-for-profit, but most of them offer a volunteer uh, capacity in some way. If you show up and say, I know nothing about music, but I want to volunteer, they'll find a way to get you in, right? Or you show up and say, hey, I'm a concert pianist, I want to volunteer, they'll find a way. Um, I'm thinking of one that's up in Canada. I think they might be in Alberta. I'll, correct me if I'll, I'll post the link, but Room 217 Foundation is a uh, amazing they teach regular people how to bring music into care facilities in canada with a purpose of helping people in care uh feel better and it, it's a marvelous thing room 217 i'll link it in uh, but there are others like that too i hear in san diego resounding joy is a big one for volunteer stuff and they they will teach children how to be you know like music therapy uh proteges right when they're kids high schoolers and up 
And I, I know that those opportunities exist everywhere because, uh, first of all, music therapy is powerful. And to engage with someone who's a you know a licensed credentialed professional in that space can help you grow your musical skills, and at the same time have the rewards of being able to offer those skills in a structured way to people in care that need them, that need that experience of hearing or participating in music in some way. So, uh, two great ways in. Uh, look for the links. I'll, I'll put the links in there. Uh, I love that, Bill. I'm going to add to this. So I just quickly hopped on the, my, my web browser to help you guys out here and uh, find some more solutions for you to meet other musicians and potentially either teachers or mentors or just, again, people like that. And I'm going to still offer, once again, if you do, if you guys do feel any connection to Bill or myself on this level, feel free to reach out. And oh, yeah, reach out. Okay. I answer my own phone. So Yeah, and email and all that good stuff works fine. So you'll see our, our uh, information in, the, um, in the, the details below, of course. But here's some more ideas for you. So uh, I'm just on this website, and they actually gave some nice little feelers. So it's similar to what Bill was saying, but in some more uh, different directions, you can actually even put up a, uh, a, a printed little advertisement in your local music store. And they usually, I, I know with mine here in, in, in Vancouver, um, there's lots of that stuff for upcoming concerts or jams, things like that, music lessons. So you could actually say, um, you could put an ad for yourself being like really excited about learning piano, but want to learn with someone else, you know, whatever you're looking for, yeah, you could yeah. actually do that. I was like, that's actually a cool idea. I like that. A couple of other ideas. Um, there's, there's actually, um, rehearsal spaces in most major cities for musicians and artists to rehearse in you pay by the hour. A lot of these places have these bulletin boards too. For sure. Same kind of idea. Or guitar center, uh, you know, like the bigger ones will have an online thing. Like and then that's where I was I was getting to the next kind of thing, right? Then there's the online section. Another thing too are open mics, though. As another thing for especially for um, new creatives getting into this for the for if you're new to and especially if you're looking to get into live performance for music but want to just dip your toes in lightly, open mics are a great start. Really great yeah. way to go there. And for any information on that, you can consult the great movie which starts and ends with an open mic. So I married an axe murderer. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> I what is that from again? I'm sorry, I forgot. It's Mike Myers. It's uh, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he he's a uh, I don't is that know. Wayne's World. It's you know it's kind of like a spinoff of Wayne's World. It's San okay. Francisco, and there's a I you know anybody who who knows the city is going to know the place. But there's a coffee shop there. It's famous for beat poetry. Oh, and, awesome! Uh, and you know, open mic night and stuff like that. But it it's it's encouragement. You can get a feel for what that looks and feels like. But there's plenty of poetry jams around. And oftentimes there, you know, there's a bass player playing an upright bass or a drummer accompanying the poets who speak. They usually have like, um, and and some of these jam nights they'll have like a house band. Yes, that's like a solidified band. Yep. Um, and then they support whoever wants to go on stage and play one of their songs or something like that. Yep. It's, it's so cool. And so like cool. that, if you're let's say a vocalist and you don't have the instrumentation to really back you up there's a great again free and accessible way to see what that would even sound like and that's it's the most natural form of networking i i, I find with musicians the best age-old i don't think it'll ever change way that musicians network the best is to jam and you just play yeah. together you just play that's together always it's always how know, it works unlike chris and like me a lot of us musicians are very introverted and the only way we communicate is through our instrument yeah you know and after you establish that musical camaraderie then sometimes you'll get a conversation. Yeah. But, you know, the camaraderie comes first in music. It does. So, you know, make and that connection. 
And it's really fun, you know, this summer when I was playing a lot of festivals, I'd find before I even introduced myself to some of these musicians, we, we had already just jammed for an hour on stage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I felt such a connection before I even said, hi, my name is Chris, you know? Yeah. Like there was already such a beautiful connection just because we musically communicated and, and it's, it is such an incredible space to share with people. For those listening who have, who have yet to experience that kind of musical synergy that you can have with another musician, that's one of the most magical experiences about the musical journey. Uh, and it's, oh, it's so, fun. if you haven't, buckle up. It's a beautiful, beautiful experience. There's a couple of, um, online resources i'll just remind you guys that you can also look into there's apps now being created there's one called hendrix um that's kind of like a dating app but for musicians and there's other ones like vampr v-a-m-p-r similar kind of idea where musicians basically uh there's one called muso finder so just go on your you know look what what resonates with you but there's literally apps or facebook groups or even on Craigslist, things like that, where people also uh, will post and, and you can connect with other musicians. So there's Probably lots. Meet like, up. I mean, there's tons, tons of musicians stuff. have found a way at last. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> and that's you know, why there's like a, I feel like there's like a, a sort of a, a renaissance almost happening for a lot of people that aren't necessarily like you or me, Bill, where we've made our life and our living and our, our income based on, on this that does not need to be your case if you want to still get into music. And honestly, for a lot of people, they're getting into it kind of like a lot of people are getting into podcasting because it's fun fun. and it's interesting. And the technology is there. It's really easy to start doing it. No boundaries. Uh, There are like professional music support groups you can join too. Um, And those professional groups have started to level down to people who just want to be part of a like ask questions, you know, show up with a guitar mastermind once a week and say, I can't master this chord. Does anybody have an idea on the third inversion of whatever, right? That kind of stuff. So, um, it's, it's out there. It's out there. And I know we're taking you long. I, I, I promised we wouldn't be as long, <laughs> okay. we wouldn't be as, long as we were uh, with our last episode. Well, we, we weren't, we aren't. So we we're aren't. good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're good. If we had anything less than 90 minutes. So, uh, let's wrap this. I mean, yeah. thank you all for listening to us. Uh, I want to mention Ancient Mysteries Unearthed. If you haven't had a chance, take a look at that amazing podcast that Chris is doing for us. Um, we're going to talk about some stuff that's related to all of that this year because there's such richness happening in the yeah. otherly part of music, right? Oh, yeah. That, that gets into our, our consciousness side of the discussions of music healing and consciousness. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and everyone watching and listening got to check out uh, Bill's work, uh, especially if you want to connect deeply with music in your life. Uh, he's amazing to talk to one-on-one to connect you with that side of yourself. And Bill's got a great um, platform as well for gamifying the learning of the musical journey, the creative journey. And uh, what's that's your music quest, is it not, Bill? Yes, uh, the, the music quest. I call it a quest because I get to be like, you know, the, the D&D game master. <laughs> I, I get to guide people through this adventure of discovering their music and and you know i like the idea of role-playing i'll have to think about that because i'd love to do a role-playing musomorphic quest that's a show cool idea with, right and they show up with different musical skills but anyway i know we're getting long uh, but you've, you've you've sparked my creativity my friend i love it i love it that's what these podcasts are all about so thank right. you so much everybody for tuning in to another episode of 
one, just this podcast that brings me so much joy to be doing it. So thank you, Bill, as always. And yeah. it's just such a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I love doing this with you. And I'm so excited that we're now in season three. Season three. Rock wow. it, man. We, we <laughs> survived the pandemic by talking we to each did. other. <laughs> you know what? We really did. And that's that's another beautiful thing with these these creative connections. It doesn't have to just be music. We can expand yep. this into creative connections. And hopefully uh, you folks today can just get a little bit of uh, inspiration hit, perhaps, from this to just bring more creativity and more expression into your life. Because that's, that's the magic. And that's the, that's the sort of special sauce, I think, to life. One way or another, let's have a blessed and musical 2024. Ah, aho to that. Aho, and full of abundance. Absolutely. Much love, everybody. Take care.